Wesh poppin'! This is Race Against Me, a platform on a mission to normalize difficult conversations that are often pushed to the side or covered in subtext by creating a safe space where all people can come to learn, feel, and grow, ultimately leading to the rise in human consciousness. My name is Janelle. I'm Ajani. And I'm Taylor. This is a place to get uncomfortable and stay respectful. So buckle up, it's gonna be a ride. Today, we're starting with Juneteenth, because Black Lives Matter. In order to understand the importance of Juneteenth, we must begin on January 1st, 1863, when Proclamation 95, most commonly known as the Emancipation Proclamation, went into effect. This presidential proclamation and executive order changed the status of enslaved humans in the southern rebellious states to free, leaving those in the northern and bordering states in bondage. And well, rebels rebel. In order for the enslaved Americans to gain freedom, they could have tried to escape to Union lines, join the Union army, or wait for the Union Army to enforce the new order. Black people, being the spice of life, did all three. <laughs> for different reasons. Some were young, strong, able-bodied men, while others were pregnant and with family, and even still there were some who were elderly or disabled. Everyone acted on their own capacity to make decisions for themselves, proving that we have always had the ability to think collectively and individually without assistance. Okay. Okay. So, so wait. So they said. So wait. They could escape to Union lines, join the Union Army, or wait for the Union Army to enforce the new order. Yeah. So they kind of like didn't have a choice before they had a choice. Right. Right. So, okay. Great. Thanks, Union. Like <laughs> that's the thing is, even though, even though, like. You know, history-wise, the, the Union is painted in quite a positive light. Yeah. I still think, you know, they, they weren't the bomb, so I, to speak. I absolutely think that it's important to recognize that even though the Union was fighting to abolish slavery, there was still slavery in the northern states, in, right. in the bordering slave states. Yeah. So some of these Union troops, they still did not believe in freeing black people. They didn't consider them equal still. Right. Oh, the freaking odds. Yeah. The irony. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. Right? Right. It like, is. Like, like it's, it's so, it was more political than for, you know, uh, moral. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yes. This, not, this looks good. Yes. It's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, in November of 1863, okay. President Lincoln made his Gettysburg Address where he officially changed the direction of the war from being about succession to being about a new birth of freedom. Don't that sound nice? Lincoln, being the inept man that he was, recognized that the speech was simply a war measure and wasn't constitutional, like you were saying. And that, that understanding that he had led us to the creation of the 13th Amendment, which passed in Lincoln's anti-slavery Republican Senate in April of 1864 and has no affiliation with today's current Republican Party. As the Union General William T. Sherman waged war through the South, many new freed Americans followed behind the army. 
On December 9, 1864, U.S. Commander Jeff C. Davis crossed Ebenezer Creek with the 14th Army Corps and removed the pontoon bridge so that the freedmen could not cross with him. Wait, go back. Okay, rewind. Wait, hold up. Wait a minute. Rewind, rewind. Okay, clarify. So this this commander crossed a creek. No, not Sherman. Jeff Davis. Okay. Okay. Crossed this creek on a pontoon bridge. Told the newly freed people to wait on that side to ensure that Confederate troops were not on the other side. When they made it to the other side, he ordered the troops to take down the pontoon bridge so that the freed people could not come through. Oh my God! Yeah, like real stuff. This is known as the Ebenezer Massacre. And so... This is some trifling. <laughs> because... Trifling! This is what we're talking about. The Union wasn't all, all gung-ho for this, right? Yeah. They were just following orders. Oh and God, so... How many people did you say that might have been? Hundreds. Hundreds. I don't know the... It was hundreds. And so they were fearing prosecution from the Confederate troops and the freedmen chose to, cr- to cross the creek despite the swollen waters from recent rain. Oh my God, and they could not swim? They couldn't swim. Right. It, yes. Children and babies and grannies. Oh my God. Men, women, and this children. so disrespectful. And so hundreds of Americans, hundreds of Americans, hundreds of Americans died, right? Due to the lack of solidarity with Union troops. This event led to poor publicity for Lincoln and General Sherman, rightfully so. And in response to this publicity, Lincoln sent Secretary of War Edwin Stanton to meet General Sherman and 20 black leaders in Savannah, Georgia on January 1st, 1865, to ask in what manner can you, the freedmen, best take care of yourself and how can you best assist the government in maintaining your freedom? Assist. I would say when you say assist the government, the government. Yeah, assist the government. Well, I mean, (laughs) what would you mean? You say assist because you lost me there. I don't know. the The wording that they used was, "How can you assist us in maintaining your freedom?" Which is just wild to me because it completely ignores the fact that this government kept me enslaved, and that this government just killed intentionally killed hundreds of Americans, hundreds of Americans intentionally, but I'm supposed to help you make sure that I stay free. I don't even trust you, bro. Wait, okay. Stuff in today's world. For sure. Just happening in circles. Oh my gosh. The thing is, slavery is not quid pro quo, dude. (laughs) It's not, it does not work like that. That's not, so how can you assist us? I know we just killed the people last week, but um. Right, that's, that's like, how can you help us though? Yeah, like, that's sociopathic. Yeah, it's, that's literally, that's, you're a sociopath. Right. It's, it's, okay. Mind-blowing. Love, so, love yes. how horrible that is. The spokesperson, that's fortunately, horrible. was none of us. Right, okay. <laughs> the spokesperson was a minister, okay. and his name was Garrison Fraser. Fraser suggested that it would be most beneficial to be placed on land with the opportunity to till land with their own labor until they were able to buy it in making their own. Yep, time out. Time we were okay. willing. We were willing to we asked, can we borrow some land? We'll work it ourselves, make some money, and buy it, despite the fact we just worked for free for y'all 
And we deserve this land. You mean to me I'm free? I still gotta work? Yes. Still gotta Pardon work. Pardon me? Oh, God. As for maintaining freedom, Frazier suggested the young men enlist in service of the government and serve in the manner desired. Shortly thereafter, President Lincoln... <laughs> your country now. Excuse me? Shortly thereafter, President Lincoln approved General Sherman's Special Order 15, which would redistribute 400,000 acres of land along the coast of South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida to families of former slaves in 40-acre increments. This special order is often referred to as 40 acres and a mule and was put into effect January 16, 1865. Less than three months later, okay. on April 9, 1865, Confederate General Robert E. Lee. Boo! 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 <laughs> he did not get down with Robert E. Lee, okay? It's just a cultural thing. You don't get down with Confederate don't. General Robert E. Lee surrendered to the Union Army and the war was over. Southern sympathizer and overall poor sport. John Wilkes Booth shot President Lincoln on April 15, 1865, as he sat in a theater. Lincoln was succeeded, or rather, horribly failed by, his Democratic Southern sympathizing running mate, Andrew Johnson, who replaced Special Order 15 and returned the land to former owners who took a loyalty oath to the Union. General Saxton, along with, we're gonna get there, we're gonna get there, oh, we're gonna get there. Okay. General Saxton, along with his staff at the Charleston, South Carolina Freedmen's Bureau office, refused the president's orders and were ultimately removed from office. A president we could still see at work today. Um, Andrew Johnson's order to return the land to rebels is just one way in which black Americans have constantly been held at a higher standard than white Americans and have been jerked around by the government. Yeah. Now y'all could go. Because I know that's where I you were going. I want to go back to the, uh, to the point where we're looking at uh, you know, Okay, look. My, 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 my little conspiracy theory mind is like, it is just so convenient. Right. It's so convenient that <laughs> we have homie, homie take out my boy Lincoln. Yeah. And then we have a dude come in right after that. Right. And put in place the exact thing that Lincoln was trying to get rid of. He's mm -hmm. on second thought. Mm -hmm. And in all fairness, the reason why Lincoln chose him to be his running mate was because it was going to secure the bag. Right, hmm. because there were still people in the northern states who didn't, who were southern sympathizers. Okay, right, right, and so it was a way for him to ensure he got the ticket. There was no precedent prior to Lincoln of presidents being assassinated. Right. Okay. And so he didn't. He thought he was okay. gonna be able to okay. serve. Right. Like this dude's never gonna be president. I'm gonna serve. Yeah. I just need him to sit here and look good. Like. And he died. It's like your mind. We got a whole other plan. That's why this oh, this is aggravating. Because this is why I hate when people say, especially black people, say that Lincoln freed the slaves. I'm like, that was this common misconception. He, he really didn't. He was all for it. He's just like, this is a good look right now. I mean, he get off. without Lincoln, mm -hmm. we definitely wouldn't wouldn't have been free, right? He set in motion the Emancipation Proclamation. He set in motion the 13th Amendment. It was his Republican Senate that passed that 
Um, so he was definitely an important figure, but he but, himself but he didn't do it. Right. Did not do it. Right. Yeah. He didn't do it. That's something that always gets uh like on even on, on the office. You're like, oh Lincoln, Lincoln read the slaves. I'm like, yeah. Who is telling history here? Mm-hmm. Like, this is why we need some black right. history teachers because this is trifling. Yeah. yeah. And and I think it I think it also should be noted that so 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 you're saying he put a vice president he had a vice president his vice president was a Democrat. A Democrat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's I, I think that's like one of our biggest takeaways is that from the jump. He had somebody in office that had different views as him yes. just so that he could get that position. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of, like, like the thing is we look so much at politicians, what they say mm-hmm. and what they want to do and not what they're actually doing. Yeah. He's saying, I, oh, I want to abolish everything, blah, blah, blah. But, dude, you just put homeboy yeah. as vice president and he wants the exact opposite as you. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I, I feel like we are so caught up in people's words, especially with, with, with this presidency, even with the last pre- every presidency for the past right. several decades, mm-hmm. where you know, we're listening to what they're saying and not what they're doing. Yes. And they're doing things, you know, while while, you know, dazzling us with their wonderful words. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a um it's kind of like a conspiracy. Black mirror. Like all the presidents, like, I was just watching um, Back to the Future yesterday, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how um, Ronald Reagan was the president or whatever, and they were like, mm-hmm. actors are president? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I used to be on camera all the time. I was like, actors, presidents, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Trump, yeah. even though he was not, not a president, but still, mm-hmm. you know, it's, the all, it's all a conspiracy, and it sounds like it's crazy, but... Like it's you said, not, they are putting people right? in place that opposite views just in case something happens, just to save face, yeah. you know? And it's, they're just like dangling the lives of all the U.S. citizens. Right. Just, they don't care. It's like, well, we're just going to do this over here, behind the scenes, we're doing this. Right. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like President Obama, but like, black folks don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about it. But like, <laughs> like, that's why we're here. <laughs> like, it just feels good. You're like, oh, black people, yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sis, he didn't really help us. Yes. Right. The, the the idea and the, the aesthetic is great. Where he, yeah, where he resonated with our hearts. We felt yeah. good. I'll give it that. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I do appreciate that we can look at this and, and still see how it's working today. Mm-hmm. Right. So it wasn't until June 19th, 1865, that Union General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas to inform the enslaved that they were free and able to leave the plantation. Though it was recommended that these humans return quietly to the plantation and resume work in an employee-employer relationship. They lost me at work because it's not work. Some newly free Americans (laughs) took the opportunity and bolted. Others keenly had apprehension about this new life as they have lived through the history and trauma of enslavement. Others still stayed due to curiosity and necessity and everyone made the decision that was right for them in the moment Mm -hmm. though the encouragement to stay by the u.s government as an authority figure does not go unnoticed juneteenth is a holiday that has been celebrated across the nation for the past 155 years not without a fight though right like in the early years it was illegal for newly free black Americans to gather in public spaces. But full of determination, black Americans found places to celebrate, such as rivers and churches. One group of formerly enslaved black Americans even pulled money together 
to buy land with which they created Emancipation Park in Houston, Texas, which still stands today. Okay. That's cute. We going. Due to segregation laws, though, oh, Emancipation Park remained the only public park and swimming pool in Houston for black people until the 1950s. And up until the 1950s, it was the only okay. park and swimming pool that black people in Houston could go to. Until the 1950s. We're talking about 1865, and it remained until 1950. It's the only black park and swimming pool. Um, so early celebrations of this Freedom Day were used as political rallies, a way to mass distribute voting instructions to newly freed Americans. As black Americans rallied for first-class citizenship and integration years later, Juneteenth began to taper off as these Americans did not want to be associated with the stigma that comes with being black and needing separate facilities, or in this case, holidays. But as the black power movement came to pass, Juneteenth was given new life. So if you haven't heard of Juneteenth, Emancipation Day, Jubilee Day, or Freedom Day, don't worry. Due to the origins of Juneteenth and the whitewashing of history, this day of celebration has been downplayed and often not mass celebrated. Though it is recognized as the holiday in 46 of our 50 states and Washington, D.C. The four states that do not currently recognize Juneteenth are Hawaii, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Montana. All of which have a black population ranging from 0.4% to 3%. There are also organizations such as Next Gen America that are actively attempting to gain recognition for Juneteenth as a national holiday with state observances. Mm -hmm. And then there are brands like Nike, Twitter, and Square that this year have decided to make the decision have decided to make Juneteenth an observable holiday in their company. And this, I believe, is a step in the right direction. How ironic, Nike. Mm -hmm. mm, crazy. So convenient. Mm, why should I elaborate? Tell us. It's just like, y'all are paying children like three cents uh, for their work. But you want to celebrate Juneteenth. the oppression of black people, although they tried to pull Kaepernick's um, sponsoring, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Oh. And uh, for getting yeah. for black rights. And now that's so convenient, now with everything going on with the murders, the police terrorism, it's so convenient for big businesses to want to push black because that we're going to be buying everything. You, you know? know, you know, because black people do have the, like, of all demographics, they have probably the most buying power. Yes. Even though we are, <laughs> I think it kind of go back to, like, we're not really, we don't, we're not really that educated on finances, I think. Like, mm -hmm. We don't get that. Intentionally that's another, so. Right. right. That's, a, that's a privilege we do not have, have you yeah. know, widespread in our community. But the fact is that we have a lot of buying power yes. for that very reason. So right. even, even, even Starbucks, you mm -hmm. know, Starbucks not supporting Black Lives Matter, Starbucks stock plummeted. Yeah. That let's go. So, let's right. go. So, so it's good. like it's like I think I think black people they, they need to really understand how much power they have yes. and yeah. how much how much they have in their voices because like, you know, the Starbucks stop stock is dropping. But are you gonna go get double double the Starbucks two months from now? Like, I'm not. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not with you because even after they um, 
the Starbucks, I think it was in Philly, if I'm not mistaken, but uh-huh. the Starbucks that called the police on the two boys yeah. that were studying, and they people did were the- in an uproar, but they still kept going back to Starbucks. So now yeah. it's like, okay. Is this going to be something that we stick with? What are we going to stick with? So now it's boycott Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Whole Foods, Amazon, let me get on it. Walmart, I keep right. telling you, like, do your research. There mm. are black-owned, which one? Walmart's donating to Trump. Supports Trump. Oh! No more Walmart. Let it go. I think I think I'm gonna boycott Walmart. Boycott I am Walmart. at some point. We need to have like starting at some point today. Starting on <laughs> Juneteenth, 2020. I'm gonna try to boycott Walmart. With America at least really showing its true colors right now, there's going to be a spike in collectivism mm-hmm. in the black community. And with that happening, I think it's only a matter of time before we do get these big enterprises like Amazon, that we get these big enterprises like Walmart, and we are the owners. I think that we've gotten to the point where I'm done trying to get, I'm done trying to get loans and get denied because I'm black. We can do it ourselves. Right. <laughs> Maybe. We can Maybe. We have the buying power. Right. If we collectively pull our money like the, like the former enslaved, in Texas, yeah. we can create our own emancipation park. Girl, I'm saying, what if we collectively boycott Amazon, crash the stock, buy it low? <laughs> Y'all hear that? Black conspiracy. Crash Amazon, buy the stock. And, and we're having a hostile takeover. Let me get my books first. Like <laughs> Ain't nobody named Everybody. Jeff in history. Let me get my two books. I'm with the boycott. Just let me get my books here, okay? I'm straight. I'm good. Oh, about Amazon for What sure. I can so say. Okay, okay, back to June, Juneteenth. What so, I can say. Juneteenth. I really, really respect Nike. No, sorry, not Nike. Reebok for mm. saying, you know, we support the Black Lives Movement. We wouldn't be a brand if it weren't for black people. Say that. Yeah, that's like, a, in addition. Right. That is, that is acknowledgement that that is real that is true that we haven't had nike listen i'm so here for the the call to post executive boards that whole thing i love it show me who is on your board who is making the decisions okay okay Okay. is there representation yes is it truly an american country or, or american company you know what I mean? It's so tricky with these that with these businesses though, because people are just like, you know, have to be aware and be mindful of where you're spending your money. But also, it's like, but also these corporations were also not built to service. support and service us. You know what I'm saying? It's just um, the fact that our communities are used to going without. That when you do get money, it's like you want to spend money on nice things, which happens to be companies that are supporting coonery or. Um, white supremacy stuff, stuff, mm-hmm. stuff like that you know what i'm saying but people are still eating at chick-fil-a or um you know you're still eating at places where you know that they don't care for your time the people right. or demographic and it's just so hard because even now like band-aid is just not coming out with the nude right. band-aid y'all got me messed up bro. <laughs> y'all got me confused like right. you're just not coming out with the nude band-aid we've been saying this for ages and yeah. ages and for ages. ages we've been, we've been saying Dude. we want a band-aid and the people on Twitter, like the whites on Twitter, are like, Band-Aids are that serious? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you're working in food service, or if you're working doing a regular job, you have a bandaid on, and it does not look like this, somebody's like, oh, you're hurt? Oh, I don't want to touch it. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, damn, like, it's a paper cut. I just want this on me so I can feel secure, <laughs> you know? And they, they say, oh, is it that serious? It's not that serious, so why can't you fix it? <laughs> right. You literally just said it's not that serious. Right. So then, I don't. Let's see your face. Well, you know what? Let's put this out now because well, Ben and Jerry talking about it. Yeah. Let's do it like this. It's just like, come on, bro. Right. Yeah, you know, come like, on. I, like, I feel like all this. everybody, Black. you're right. This Juneteenth, I call for us to bring back the, the rallying of voter rights. I'm with right? that. It yeah. was it was used as a rally to to get people to vote. Black people, your, your voice, voice matters. matters. Yeah. Like, I get it, but I think that we should start looking at the roots of this, right? And go back to to using it as a political rally to get people registered to vote. Um, what you were saying about Juneteenth making it like a political rally, I think that we should definitely bring that back because a lot of times we have different festivals, whether it's in the conscious community or in the Christian community or the spiritual community, we don't, we always forget that people need to be registered to vote, you know, and that's so important. Um, matter of fact, Juneteenth needs that for every, at, in every level, at every aspect, I don't care where you celebrated that, you need to have that voter registration table. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited about it. So, thank you guys for watching. If you would like, you can follow us on Facebook. Click the link below or in the corner where it says subscribe. And you do not want to miss out on all of the next episodes. And tune in for all the news. Okay, bye. From Race <laughs> Against Me. Woo!